All right, here we go with episode number 101. And I thought a great way to kick off the next 100 episodes would be with another look at social media. Why? Well, it's prevalent. Social media cannot be ignored. Social media is also a great way to network, and it's a great way to learn things. And social media is changing fast. There are new platforms and there are new capabilities happening all the time within the platforms themselves. But in my opinion, the main reason why social media is worth our attention is that it is a fantastic and I would say under-leveraged tool for communicating and reinforcing our personal brand. As you probably know, I am a big fan of purposefully, strategically managing our personal brands. And social media is the perfect tool to help you do that. It's free for the most part, it's accessible, and it has massive reach. And yet, most of us don't take the time to think about how to leverage social media as a tool to communicate our personal brand. It's not our fault. These platforms were built to put us on autopilot. Do you catch yourself going into autopilot when you're on social media? I can't be the only one. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 101, where we're turning off autopilot and we're focusing on our personal social media strategy. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk and I'm your communication coach. If you're an ambitious executive with a growth mindset looking to advance your career, then you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, storytelling, confidence, and yes, social media. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find tons of resources to help you, including the new online course on personal branding, as well as one-on-one coaching, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly communication skills newsletter. Please go sign up for that newsletter if you haven't done so already. You'll find it all at talkabouttalk.com. In this episode, you'll hear from an expert who's dedicated his career to social media. My friend, Andrew Jenkins, author of the recently published book, Social Media Marketing for Business. And of course, I'll leave a link to the book in the show notes. Yes, it's Social Media Marketing for Business, but I have to say, Whether you manage social media for your business or whether you're focused on social media for yourself, for your personal account, I promise you will learn lots here. Let's get into it. I'm going to briefly introduce Andrew and then we'll get straight into the interview. And at the end, as always, I'm going to summarize with key learnings. Three key learnings, actually. Of course. So you can keep doing whatever you're doing. As our guest Andrew says... One of the reasons podcasts are so popular is you can't watch a YouTube channel while you're walking the dog, but you can listen to a podcast when you're walking the dog. So whether you're walking your dog, driving your car, or making dinner, there's no need to stop and take notes because I do that for you. You're welcome. Okay, let me introduce Andrew. Andrew Jenkins runs Volterra, a professional services firm specializing in social media and social selling strategies. Based in Toronto, Canada, he was formerly the head of social media strategy for Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, and he's worked with firms in North America and Europe, including CIBC, Rogers, Bell Canada, 
InfoSpace, and the Aga Khan Foundation. A regular international speaker and panelist at numerous industry conferences and events, Andrew also teaches a course on social media strategies for the enterprise at the University of Toronto's School of Continuing Studies. All right, thank you, Andrew, for joining us here today to talk about social media marketing. Thanks for having me. So your book is called Social Media Marketing for Business. But when I read it, I realized that much of it is really directly applicable to us as individuals, whether we are, you know, sole proprietors or small business owners, or whether we're working in a corporation and we're managing our own personal brand. My first question for you is, do you think that we should have a personal social media strategy? Well, very much so. You know, a lot of people think social media is about an organization promoting itself, but the efforts of an organization from a marketing and sales point of view often cascades down to the relationships that individuals have with individuals in either from a you know, direct-to-consumer point of view or to individuals at another organization in the case of B2B. So it still comes down to people-to-people, and that's based on trust and rapport, and that you know ladders back up to personal brand. People buy from people who know them and like them and trust, and so you need to convey thought leaders to build trust. You need to be consistent uh, to build trust. And all that you know, ties right back to, to personal brand. And increasingly, organizations are relying on the relationships of their employees, not only to amplify their messaging, but also to act as ambassadors and advocates for the organization and their messaging. Take a Facebook page with a million fans versus 150 employees with, on average, you know, 400 connections. And all those employees sharing the corporate content can potentially outperform a single Facebook page. And that's just one example. Oh, gosh. I think your point about firms encouraging their employees to amplify has been happening for a while. But now they're even creating some content. It's certainly become more commonplace. There are actual software solutions under the umbrella of employee advocacy where I can, as an organization put some content into the system that's been reviewed, pre-approved, and even like the copies already written and so on. And it cascades down to the employee and they just have to click share and out it goes on their LinkedIn profile or out it goes on their personal Twitter account, whatever they're comfortable with. But also it removes a lot of the heavy lifting on the part of the employee. And employees want to help their organization for the most part, but don't know where to start. And so they need some of the work done for them. Like, oh, this is all ready for me to go and share, done. Increasingly, socials use to show a portal into an organization from the corporate culture to celebrate employees. Uh, a friend of mine just shared on LinkedIn a video from their, um, they had done an internal promotion for employees, or not employees, sorry, employees promoted this uh, scholarship. And then in front of hundreds of the employees, they interviewed, the, the person they interviewed thought that they were like down to the final two. And then they were informed that they were the winner of the scholarship. Wow. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with the corporation was the catalyst to this. The company was you know, the one offering the scholarship. But I mean, it was just nothing but feel good content, but it was shared by employees. Yeah. And it's so smart for these organizations, right? Because they're improving their brand equity with their customers or their clients, but also internally. Huge halo effect. Huge, huge halo effect. Self-reinforcing. 
Brilliant. So as you know, I, I think and write and coach a lot about personal branding. So I'm imagining being at an organization where many were employing software solutions, where they created content that was offered to them, right? As right. something that they could share, and then they could add their own comments to it. And I'm thinking, so I get a check mark from my boss for amplifying the corporate line. In the meantime, I'm also managing my personal brand, right? So the things that I'm passionate about, my expertise, my reputation, my identity in the workplace. Do you have advice for people about what to think about? Maybe in that specific scenario, we'll start there. Say they're launching a new product and they want everyone to talk about it. Sure. But even something as basic as LinkedIn itself, a LinkedIn company page has a feature that says when you post content, it's a, there's a button to push notify employees. Right. And many of the employees that are on LinkedIn will receive notification that n- there is new content to share. And we have a client that on a monthly basis, we would tabulate the growth of the followers of their company page, but we would also calculate the potential reach of content shared by the employees that shared their content. Here's the potential reach through the company page itself. And here's the potential reach based on the amplification from your employees. Yeah. And, you know, no disrespect to the client and the company page, but inevitably the reach through their employees was far greater. Of course. It's the network effect, right? That's right. Yeah. But going back to your question about at the individual level, is a personal brand important and, and you know, where do you start kind of thing? It comes down to what you're comfortable with. Some people don't like to write, but they're comfortable in front of a camera. So fire up your phone. There's a reason there's a video feature embedded in LinkedIn or Instagram or now TikTok and so on. Don't get hung up on production value over immediacy. You don't have to look any further than TikTok as an example to see people don't care about the production value. I keep using LinkedIn as an example, but the LinkedIn corporate account on TikTok, one of the first videos I saw was one of their young staff, a 20-something, in a LinkedIn corporate t-shirt sitting on their couch in their own home, yeah, you know, riffing off some sort of meme. And I'm like, well, if the LinkedIn now owned by Microsoft allows that or has seen sees that as permissible content, you know, don't get so hung up. And there's an expression too, just ship it. Yes, you want to make sure that you're not saying you're doing anything that's inappropriate or is you know, against uh, corporate policy, but don't get hung up on that it has to be perfect. Just and, you know, put it out there. And what's the name of your podcast again, Andrew? The Low Production High Value Show. Exactly. <laughs> I agree 100%. It's better to get it out there than to wait until it's ready to wrap it and put a fancy bow on it, right? Nobody cares about the fancy bow. You know, Cisco predicted by the 2022 that... of the content being shared on social would be video. And so the the bar is low. The barriers to entry is, you know, are nearly non-existent. But if you don't like being on camera, you can write a blog and use tools that incorporate artificial intelligence to read the blog, transcribe it, turn it into an animated video so that people can, in a sense, watch it. You can pull in stock imagery and, and, and so on. This is going to be something we'll be leveraging for my book. There is a solution where I can read text, whether it's from my book or my blog or what have you, and it records my voice. Then I give it a new piece of text that I have not read and it reads it in my voice. Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, I hadn't heard of it. I'll admit you're the first person that told me about that, but I I can see because AI is really about patterns. And so they see the pattern in the tone and the pitch and so on of a voice. So, you know, we use get some blogs and we use um, some solutions. So if I would like a lovely to listen to female British accented voice. Yeah. 
I can have that. Nice. I, reading I, your I whole book. <laughs> well, but or if I want to take away the burden of reading my own book to create an audio book, I can read a portion and then have my AI voice take over. Very cool. Uh, or even if I just want to use like little snippets of audio uh, as pieces of content, but I only had to read it, <laughs> read one piece of text once. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting thing to offer when you're thinking about creating your content. Don't just assume that you're posting. You know, a lot of people think, so what am I going to post? I'm either going to write something witty and find an image for it, or I'm going to find an article and then I'm going to write two sentences about it. There's so much more you can do, right? Exactly. You can work smarter rather than harder. Do not fall into the trap of one and done. So I made a video or I wrote a blog and I shared it once and then I move on. The shelf life of a tweet is 15 minutes. So there is nothing stopping you from sharing it again. And you can, so here we are having a discussion. It's going to be a podcast. The transcript can become a blog. We can pull a quote like you, you know, when you read a magazine article and there's a quote in a, in a box that stands out to be provocative, that's a, that's a pull quote. Well, I can take a quote uh, from a podcast, create a visual graphic, uh, and use that as a teaser to promote, go and listen to it. I can pull and uh, create an audiogram where it's, again, it's a, it's a, it's a taking an excerpt from the podcast, but you can listen to it. Yep. We're recording this on zoom as well. And I can have the full episode, uh, but then also I can cut it up into, you know, six to 12, uh, smaller clips, which is what we do with my podcast. So suddenly every single episode becomes 15 to 20 pieces of content. Right. Beautiful. As opposed to one. And that's, it's a win-win. It's a win for the producer of the content, but it's also even a win for the audience, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, you're seeing increasingly now, I see a blog and you can read it, or there's an embedded audio file. You can listen to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons podcasts are so popular is I can't watch a YouTube channel while I'm walking the dog, (laughs) but I can listen to a podcast. True. True. So there's sort of, I think of it as media, but it's different ways of presenting the content, right? And then I want to get into the different platforms in a minute. But before we do that, can you share with the listeners some examples of what kinds of things that professionals can be posting? So, you know, in the olden days, Andrew, we used to talk about writing a white paper as a way of establishing your thought leadership, and we've blown way past that. So can you share with us a couple of ideas or examples that you have for how we can really create a reputation of thought leadership on social media? You know, I joke about white papers, having worked for a technology company that produced white papers related to their software and having authored one or two myself. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, I'll call it those more substantive pieces of content. The example I like to give is, so I'm I'm the former head of social media uh, strategy for the World Bank of Canada. And any organization that releases some like a milestone report or milestone piece of content, whether it's a white paper or case of a bank, maybe it's an economic report. There will be people who want to devour that you know lengthy PDF file that they downloaded and had to give their email in order to uh, get to. Yeah. But there's nothing to stop the creation of an infographic right. with highlights from said report. There's nothing to stop a short two to to three minute interview with the economist that authored it to get their highlight uh, from it. There's nothing to write a blog that summarizes it, sets the stage for, you know, or teases out why you should spend the time to read this longer report. 
people get hung up on this thing about what do I have to say? Do I have to write something? And one of the examples I give from something I did was I shared an article from, I think it was Fast Company, or but they were talking about Marissa Mayer when she, at the time when she was the CEO of Yahoo. And she talked about the key to her success was you know working some insane 120-hour work week or something. Yeah. yeah, she likes to brag about her hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I shared the article and I prefaced it by with one word, agree, question mark. And the discussion followed from there. You don't have to author everything. Yeah. Similarly, my post on LinkedIn that had more views by far than any other post I ever created was when the Japanese Olympic official made that horrific quote about if women are going to join boards, we have to allow more time for meetings because they're not succinct was basically the gist of it. And I said, he took 38 words to say this. I use three, do the research because the research shows that's in fact not true, right? And I, it just, it blew up on um, LinkedIn. So you're right. Encouraging people to weigh in can establish thought leadership. Well, and, and with that in mind, you don't even have to share a piece of content. Yeah. Don't just like what someone shared comment yeah even share it yourself as a supporting supporting their content efforts and add your own commentary to it help the conversation contribute yeah. to the conversation and don't get hung up on this that i must quote produce content the content is the driver of a conversation uh, the, the ultimate goal is yes you want to share content that's thoughtful informative educational helpful and occasionally you are in the right to be promotional but you can also simply you know start by being conversational you are as an organization or an individual competing for someone's attention yeah. you are having to fight for, uh, to get them to stop the scroll stop their thumb and richer media stops the thumb you know provocative commentary stops the thumb and it isn't about like posting you know a, you know a million times you can post once a week and be very very engaging and provocative join the conversation and tiktok is a perfect example of where comments are extremely important brands are building real cred by piling on to some of these videos in the comments. They don't have to reshare a single thing. Mm -hmm. They just have to show up in the comments and they get brand love. It's a nice segue to the platforms. I, I wanna ask you if you have any interesting stories to share with us or advice about, I'm, I'm gonna pull three of the platforms, okay? So LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. Those are the three that for me, I think are most interesting and, and just talking to a lot of other professionals. And, and more and more TikTok, I have to say. Well, I've seen a, a corporate presentation from TikTok. Now, I mean, it was already fascinating before the pandemic, but the, one of the reasons it took off was people had a lot more time stuck at home to produce content. But also communities found them, uh, people found communities on TikTok like nowhere else before. Mm. One of the biggest communities is Moms of TikTok. They found a community that provided humor, provided support, provided life hacks to make their life easier. As moms, predominantly moms, were dealing with working from home, having to help the education of their ch children from home. There was so much burden unfairly placed on them, but there was this community, there was this outlet. And that not, were not only did they derive support and so on from it, but they were also contributors to it. And just I talk about it with my students at, at the University of Toronto. I find it utterly fascinating. I've not produced a single TikTok, but I've been on it for four years just as a net consumer. And it skews younger. 
But if you're going to be there and you want to produce content there, again, you don't, it doesn't have to be high production value, but it's all video. You're not sending out a static image like Instagram. So what I'm hearing, maybe as a professional who's looking to kind of up their personal brand online, I'm thinking about Gen Y and, and Gen X in particular, who might be like, oh, TikTok feels a little young. I keep hearing more. It's not just anecdotes anymore, right? There are stories about people who, whether it's personal or professional, are finding a niche on TikTok. And it's probably worth our time to explore. People are still finding their thing. So uh, her name is Laura. I forget. She's from Toronto. 1.2 million followers on TikTok. And her thing is corporate humor. And she crowdsources what's your most unusual email signature that you've seen at the office. Or she has a work bestie yeah. and she'll ask him, how do you say that's not part of my job description professionally? Yeah. And oh, I love it. Well, I'll just, I'll just say uh, on the case of TikTok, set up an account, listen first. And this goes with any platform that's emerging. Okay. See if your audience is there. If you're a brand, forget as an individual, but we often recommend this to brands, set up an account so that no one else does. Yeah. No matter whether how, what you feel about Donald Trump's network, Truth Social, I've seen TikToks of a guy who set up the account for Walmart on Truth Social, and Walmart can't do anything about it. Wow. So yeah. this, you know, from a brand protectionism, it doesn't mean that you have to love whatever the, the platform is or, or whether you'll ever use it, but to avoid any, you know, someone hijacking your brand, um, yeah. just to be mindful of that. Yep. Or even your name. Yes. Okay. So how about Twitter? Talk to me about Twitter. Every time someone dismisses Twitter and then you have, you know, something like the Academy of the Oscars or the Academy Awards and everything that happened that night, we are reminded of just how integral Twitter is to our lives. Whether you, it doesn't matter whether you have an account or not, that's where news comes out. That's where news trends and from a social media listening and sentiment and so on. And now, you know, Twitter is not everyone in the world. I, I completely understand and get that. I remember a conversation you and I had a couple of years ago, Andrew, where I said, I don't like how I feel when I spend too much time on Twitter. So I'm just going to leave. And so I have, a, I have a personal account and I have a business account and I, it's pretty dormant. Yeah. And I remember your response to me. I actually, I'll never forget it. I think it's brilliant. You said, you curate what you see, Andrea. And I was like... Oh, that's true. I <laughs> I need to do some social media hygiene on who I'm following. You know, choose who you follow. Move people to lists and follow lists. Um, if you're on a desktop, you want to use TweetDeck, which is owned by Twitter. You can have a bucket of influential people you follow. You can have a bucket of hashtags. You can curate and remove a lot of the noise. Um, and I mean, yes, Twitter can be overwhelming, but a lot of it comes back around. I love Twitter. Um, it's so rich in information. Uh, people say, well, like, what's what, what's the value of Twitter? I said, first of all, uh, news dissemination. Yeah. And then I also say, if you wanted to learn everything that it was possibly could learn about a particular subject and have, you know, just overwhelming amounts of information about it for you to uh, sift through, um, would that be of value to you? And they go, well, yeah. I go, well, hashtag project management, hashtag leadership, hashtag, you know, change management. Mm. You will find an absolute ton of information. Okay. And LinkedIn. Talk to me about LinkedIn. What's new on LinkedIn? It's getting more active. There's over 800 million uh, members globally. People are recognizing, oh, I'm not having my coffee meetings to network. I'm not having my, I'm not going to these conferences and corporate events and I'm not out. So I have to make my connections digitally. Mm -hmm. And then that cascades into personal brand and making connection. Those are all the positive things. What I've also seen is people getting really lazy 
and they are just spraying and praying. They are sending out automated messages through LinkedIn into my inbox and refer to and uh, asking to connect. And then you connect. And then two minutes later, you get a pitch. Yeah. Which is why it's being now referred to as you just got pitch slapped. Yep. And it's getting so bad (laughs) that I'm getting messages from two different people from the same organization with the literally identical or verbatim message. It's brutal. I I hate it too. I, I feel like no matter what you do in your business, you're selling something and someone wants to sell to you. So for me, people want to be guests on my podcast, Andrew, I'll tell you that. I've, I've been telling people lately, I get a minimum. I'm in good, I'm in good company. Yeah, I get a minimum <laughs> of five emails a day, minimum. Some, some of them end up in my junks, whatever. And I, I have a strategy now and I share this with, with some of my clients and, and actually to other podcasters. I didn't ask for those people. I've never invited people to say, if you want to be a guest, email me. I've never said that. So I just, I don't respond. I just delete. And if they're incessant, I block. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking there are, this is not just podcasters. This is like whatever your business is, people want to sell to you. If you didn't invite that conversation, I was raised to be polite and not to ignore people and to reciprocate when people are nice. These people want to sell something to you. If you didn't initiate that conversation, it's okay to say no. I just had to get that in there. It's very actually um, relieving. It was a relief because I was feeling a lot of guilt about deleting these messages. (laughs) I felt a little bit of that too. And more recently now for LinkedIn, especially, I've gotten like someone after after a five drip series of emails. Yeah. Point where the fifth one is shaming me. Yeah. Are you not the right person for this? Yeah. Or could you just uh, reply? But there was someone who reached out to me. So I added to my LinkedIn profile, job title, author. And then I used the publisher. Oh yeah. There you go. You're it's open invitation. It's open season on Andrew now. (laughs) Two people messaged me about promoting my book. Yeah. But what was worse was someone messaged me through LinkedIn said, took a look at company X and looks like you're, you know, things are really, you know, growing there. You know, perhaps we could talk about your talent acquisition uh, needs. Complete missing the fact that I'm not in HR and that I'm merely an author for said publisher. I don't work there. And so it's just, again, it's automated message, yeah. lazy, and like, you blew it. You might look more foolish. It's like showing up at a sales call. You don't know the client, so ill-prepared. You go, like, what was the point of all that yeah. energy? Yeah. Only a complete misfire. So, so I guess the main message here for LinkedIn is to be thoughtful and purposeful and personal with your communication. Send fewer messages. Do not automate. Now, if you want to schedule the posting of an article, fine, because that makes it easier to manage. But don't outsource the messaging of people. Don't outsource the looking at someone's profile. Yeah. Because we can tell a mile away and all of them will eventually get shut down. They are against LinkedIn's terms of service. Uh, And you want to get your own account shut down for using it? Yeah. That actually makes me feel even better about deleting them because I I hadn't thought of that. It's probably not even a human on the other side. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the five rapid fire questions. Okay. The first question, what are your pet peeves? Uh, Sort of what we just talked about, the uh, automated messages in LinkedIn, just being lazy and unprofessional. Question two, what type of learner are you? Uh, more visual. If I, I can uh, watch and replay a YouTube video, then some, I can scan instructions, but I find a video more helpful. Question number three, introvert or extrovert? Introvert. 
Question number four, communication or media preference for personal conversations, casual conversations? I prefer like Zoom or in person. I don't like phone. Okay. The last question, and we were talking about this at the very beginning, so we're going full circle. Yep. Is there a podcast, a blog, or an email newsletter that you are recommending the most lately or enjoying the most? Uh, well, we talked about it earlier, but uh, Pivot in terms of a podcast. Um, I'm paying attention to the Morning Brew um, newsletter, which I think just sold to somebody for like $75 million. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to check that one out. Thank you very much for your time, Andrew. And Most I, welcome. Uh, the listeners are really going to appreciate all of these insights. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Phew. That was the fastest round of rapid fire questions ever. I think we set a record. I should tell you that when I was recording the interview, we scheduled the call for an hour, but we didn't get started right away. So we went into overtime. I asked Andrew, can we take five more minutes? And he said, nope, sorry, I've got one minute. So that's what happened. Uh, But I have to say, I kind of like that fast round of rapid fire questions. And thanks again to Andrew for sharing his expertise. Now, as promised, I'm gonna briefly summarize our conversation, but just briefly. The goal here is to encourage us to be more purposeful, more strategic in our social media presence. To make this easy, I'm gonna categorize this advice in terms of three things. Yes, of course, three. It's where you're engaging on social media, it's how you're engaging, and it's what you're saying. That's it. Be purposeful and strategic about the where, the how, and the what. So first, where you're engaging. The first thing you should do is secure your name on every platform. You don't have to be active, just secure your name. Case in point, I was a bit late on TikTok for Talk About Talk. So I just secured TikTok About Talk. Kind of clever, right? TikTok About Talk? Okay. Okay, so you've secured your name on every platform. Now, where to engage? In a previous episode, when I interviewed Andrew, he suggested that we explore all platforms and then double down on one or two. I love this advice. For me, it's LinkedIn. And that makes sense for my target market. And perhaps not surprisingly, I actually enjoy engaging on LinkedIn. And it seems that other people do as well. LinkedIn is growing fast with over 800 million members globally. As I mentioned, to be honest, I really don't enjoy spending time on Twitter. But as Andrew so wisely reminded me, we curate our own feed. So if you don't like what you see, change who you're following. Andrew also suggested using Tweetback, which is owned by Twitter, to help you curate and remove a lot of the noise. Yeah, Twitter can be overwhelming, but Twitter is also where you can get your news and where you can learn anything. Just type hashtag whatever, and you'll find it all there. We also talked about TikTok. TikTok is not just for Generation Z. It's not just for the young folks anymore. And TikTok provides lots of opportunity for us to focus on a specific community within the platform. There's moms of TikTok, or for readers, there's book talk. Whatever the platform, even beyond TikTok, start by following hashtags and you'll find your people. So that's the first way to be more strategic with our engagement on social media. Consider where you're engaging. The general advice is to secure your name on every platform. 
explore a little on all of them, and then double down on the one or two platforms that make sense for you. The second way to be more strategic on social media is to consider how you're engaging. Most of us, myself included, usually consider two ways of engaging in social media. There's creating original posts and there's sharing, like sharing articles or sharing other people's posts. And if you're creating original posts, we need to consider the media. As Andrew says, some people don't like to write, but they're comfortable in front of a camera. So fire up your phone and create a video. There are so many media options to choose from. So many, in fact, that I decided to create a list for the ideas, for the types of content, the media that you can share. Of course, you can share short written thought leadership or point of view posts, tips or suggestions. You can also share quotes. You could share an infographic or an image. You can create short videos that grab attention. This is almost becoming the norm. You might create an audiogram. And I suggest that if you do so, use captioning because a huge proportion of people have their volume, their sound turned off. And speaking of sound, Andrew described how we can use AI to create a voiceover that we can pair with a relevant stock video. And bam, you have media-rich content. And what else? Well, don't forget that you don't have to author everything. You could share someone else's article or share someone else's post with your own brief commentary. You can also ask questions. You could create a poll. Although I have to say, I've seen a few comments lately about people being opportunistic with polls. So only ask a poll question if you are genuinely curious about something. And then you can also share a newsletter. By the way, I just launched the LinkedIn bi-weekly communication skills newsletter. It's called Talking About Talk. Please subscribe. So as I said, there are many, many ideas for how you can create content. Andrew strongly encourages us to repurpose our content whenever we can. Don't make it hard on yourself. You could take your white paper and also turn it into an audiogram or a short video, also an infographic, and also several social media posts. Or you could take your podcast and turn it into several social media posts, a newsletter, and so on. Andrew also reminds us of the opportunity to repost. This is something that I've never really done. But Andrew says that the shelf life of a tweet is 15 minutes. That seems like such a waste, doesn't it? So you can always retweet or repost anything. If it's evergreen, if it's not stale, and if it's relevant, then why not? Two other suggestions from Andrew about how you're engaging on social media. The first is to consider that commenting on social media is a hugely under-leveraged opportunity to engage, to learn from your network, and to establish your thought leadership. So don't just like something. Go beyond the thumbs up and comment. And the second thing is that we shouldn't get hung up on production value over immediacy. Just create it and post it. Ship it. So that's the second thing we consider when we're on social media. Now we've covered where we're engaging and how we're engaging. Now, on to what you're saying. I encourage you to consider social media as a key opportunity. This will come as no surprise, but I encourage you to consider social media as a key opportunity for where you can develop your thought leadership. This topic comes up all the time in my one-on-one -on -one coaching and my workshops. 
You can develop your thought leadership on social media by asking questions, by engaging in dialogue, and of course, by sharing your own content, your intellectual property, your papers, your blogs, your essays, your infographics, your podcasts, and so on. I encourage you to go deep on social media on topics that genuinely interest you. You can also share information about your organization, your firm. Follow your employer and selectively share their posts. I encourage you to be selective and to share the posts that you're most proud of and that resonate the most with you. Here's the thing. Your job is probably a big part of your personal brand, so share it. And if your firm doesn't have LinkedIn set up to notify employees when they post, you might want to suggest that they do so. When it comes to what you're saying on social media, remember, as Andrew says, your goal is to stop the scroll, stop the thumb. And blasting your content out there typically isn't enough. Ask yourself before you post anything, why would someone stop to look at this? Is it helpful? Compelling? Why should anyone care? One thing that I've noticed in terms of what gets traction on social media is this. When I read something that gets me riled up, it usually gets lots of traction with other people too. And I can think of two examples of my LinkedIn posts where exactly this happened. When I read something that fired me up and I posted about it. The first one was an article about the Japanese Olympic official who made that horrific quote about women. And the second more recent example was a post that I created after watching a short film produced by Dove. You know, Dove, the soap and skincare company. The film is about the toxic messages targeted to women on social media. This film resonated with me to such an extent that I had to post it. And I wrote two simple sentences. Talk about leaving me speechless. Please watch this. Then a link to the video. That's it. I got thousands of views and tons of comments, likes, and reshares. I'll leave a link to both of these posts in the show notes so you can take a look. Again, my insight here is that if it resonates with you, chances are it will also resonate with your network. One last thing, no matter what platform you're on, you do not need to respond to unwanted sales pitches or as they've come to be called, pitch slappers. If you didn't invite them to engage with you, you are under no obligation to respond. Andrew and I both have the same strategy. It's one word, delete. And if they're incessant, block. It's bad marketing. And often it's not even a human. So don't feel bad. And that's it. The next time you log on to social media, I hope you'll consider three things. One, where you're engaging. Two, how you're engaging. And three, what you're saying. Don't let them lull you into autopilot. Be strategic and reinforce your amazing, unique personal brand. Thank you again to Andrew for so generously sharing his insights. Again, you can connect with Andrew and find a link to his book in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. While you're there, I hope you'll sign up for my communication skills newsletter. It's like getting free communication skills training in your inbox once per week. Sign up on the website or you can email me directly and I'll add you to the list. Email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I love hearing from you. Suggestions, feedback, and ideas. Bring it on. 
Thanks for listening and talk soon.